get after this thing. I titled today's message, Winning Your Battles. Everybody say, Winning Your Battles. All right, if you don't wake up, we're gonna, I'm going to have everybody stand up and line up. And, oh, come on. Winning Your Battles. How many of you know we're facing some battles right now? Right? We like to think about winning. We live in Auburn, Alabama. We just got a new coach, a whole new team, and we're going to come out of here and we're going all the way to the championship, right? Yeah. <laughs> but then on the other hand, we like to think about winning on my side too. I mean, we have a new quarterback. Neil's over there. His team's got a new quarterback. We don't know what our team's going to do. But we're still hoping and praying for winning, right? That's the fun thing, winning. And listen. We all want to win the battles in our life. And there is no doubt, any way you look at it, that we are not surrounded by battles. Come on. I mean, battles, 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 battles. Look at social media. Look at, your, look at the news. Battles, battles. So many people are facing big battles in their life. Myself. I know some of you are dealing with battles. Come on. A lot of us, everyday work can be a battle. Come on, if you're a small business owner like me, you battle the bank account because you're looking at what's, what's got to be paid, this, that, and another. Come on, battles. We have, to, we have to understand that those come, they're a part of this earth, but it's very important that we understand how to be equipped to win the battles, right? Equipped to win the battles. And see, that's where your, where your pastor comes in, your teacher. See, see, We've gotten to understand, or we've come to an understanding in society that church is just where you come, you gather, have a good time. The minister tells us a Bible story, and 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 and, and that's all good. And then we go home and we're happy and we just live our lives and all of that. But the pastor's job is to equip the saints for the ministry. Equip the saints. You know that'd be like Mike Garner back there equipping his firefighters trainees that come in to be firemen at the fire department there, equipping them by just telling them about uh, reading a book about stories about what firemen do. That's not equipping them. Equipping them is breaking the manual down. It's getting that manual in them so that they know how to respond to the fire calls or the situations that that they encounter when they get out in the field. Well, that's why God has placed you in a church for your pastor to be able to speak into your life, to be able to teach you, to be able to break the Word down and show you how to do and be exactly what the Word of God says that you are. The Word of God says that you are an overcomer. The Word of God says that you are victorious. And I want to show you and I want to equip you exactly how to live that life. Right? And that starts with winning your battles. None of us like to be defeated. Nobody. Just ask Stephen. You know, if he loses, woo, I would hate to be at his house that night. He does not like to lose. And poor Anna, she does not, she got it from Stephen, I think, through the youth group. You know, I mean, it just kind of came off of Stephen onto her. And poor Nathan now has to deal with that. <laughs> but listen, what I'm talking about is not winning a ball game. I'm not talking about winning a card game. I'm not talking about winning... What I'm talking about is winning the spiritual battles in your life. You got to remember, we're in a battle. We're in a battle between good and evil. God wants you to succeed. He wants you to win because He made, He created you with a purpose and a plan. But we have an enemy named Satan that has intended to stop that. 
in every kind of way. So if he's intended to stop that, he's going to attack you. Now, please don't misunderstand me. Everything from this broken world that happens in your life is not necessarily an attack from Satan. See, a lot of times people want to blame Satan. And listen, they just brought some things on themselves because of poor decisions or, or poor choices. Come on, I've seen it many times, especially with illnesses. People will live a certain way and, and eat a certain way and then they, they bring things on their body and then they want to go and blame the, the Satan for, for a sickness on their body, even though sickness does come from the, from the evil, from, from, from the devil. But the, they want to blame him for putting that on their body. Well, they put that on their body because of bad choices because they were consuming and doing that to themselves. So there's a fine line right there. But what I want you to understand is that he will attack you. And we talked about that some last through the series of love is a choice. Now, one of the tools that he uses is strife. We talked about that. I'm not going to re-preach that. But what I'm going to talk to you about today is one that is consuming the earth around us. It is everywhere you look. It is on every TV station, every internet, every post, every social media. It is everywhere. And sadly, it is coming out of everybody's mouth in some form or some capacity, some way, right? And that's fear. Everybody say fear, right? Fear is everywhere. People are afraid of so much today. They're afraid of where they're going to work. They're afraid of where they're going to live. They're afraid of where they're, who they're going to... They're afraid, am I going to get a husband? They're, I mean, you have, you have business owners everywhere consumed with, I'm afraid, I need employees. I can't get the work done because I don't have employees. If I don't get the work done, I'm not making money. How am I going to pay my bill? Fear, 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 fear. And let me tell you something. Fear is dangerous. It is very, very dangerous. And it's something that if you're going to win the battles in your life, you have got to learn how to deal with fear. So stick close. Listen to me now today. This is very important. Very, very important. All right? Now, God showed me something here when I was putting this together. You've all heard me use 2 Timothy 1.7. It says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power love, and a sound mind. Now, I've used it a lot of times because I understand fear. I understand how to overcome fear. I understand how you beat fear in life. Now, I haven't done a good enough job to you, so I repent for that. I ask your forgiveness because that's the scripture I mainly bring up every time when somebody gets in a fearful situation. And all that is that God told me. He said, look, all you're doing is telling the people that I didn't give them fear. Now, that should encourage you and make you exciting. You need revelation of that. You need to know where fear comes from because it does not come from God. But there's more. It's what You need that revelation, but there's more. Because if you only use that verse, and this is what God said. He said people are using that verse to try to overcome fear because the rule book says that I just shouldn't be afraid. I mean, you know, that don't work. Are there, and he said... He even said, he said, they're ignoring fear, hoping it goes away. Now, they're not even dealing with the problem. Right. Woo, I said, Father, I'm sorry. I repent. I'll show them. I'll show them. So we're going to talk about fear. We're going to talk about how you deal with fear. Because I'm going to tell you something. I don't care who you are, myself included, and I don't care how big a minister you are, every person on this earth is going to deal with fear. 
You want to know why? Because fear comes straight from the pit of hell. It comes from the devil and he is trying to stop anything that God is trying to progress. Amen. Glory to God. So the big thing that everybody always asks is, okay, well, if we don't just try to, try to ignore fear or we try to ignore the problem that's creating fear and if we just try to ignore it because God didn't give me that, I know that's not from God, I'm going to ignore it and, and, and we're hoping it just disappears, in which it doesn't, right? You've got to learn how to deal with that. How do you deal with that? So go with me at James. We're talking about dealing with fear. If you're going to win the battles in your life, you've got to know how to deal with, pe- with fear. James 4. Verse 7. James 4, verse 7. And it says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Now we, we've used this scripture quite a bit. A lot of people can recognize this verse. It says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Resist the devil and he will flee for you. You want to deal with fear? You don't ignore fear. You don't act like it doesn't exist because the rule book says that it doesn't exist. You deal with fear by resisting the devil and by resisting fear. Amen? You resist it. That's how you deal. And you, you do that by choosing not to fall into the temptation to yield to that fear. See, when fear comes, you've got to make a choice. Which way are you going to go? See, your choices mean so much in life. We talk about this all the time, but there's so, it, it means so much. Because think about it. When God tells you, if He tells Cody, Cody, you're going to go to Kansas and you're going to start a, a church in such and such town. Autumn's going to be your... You're the, you're the, the pastor's wife through this and, and, and you're going to go and do that and I'm, I'm just using you as an example and I'm not speaking a word over you or anything but <laughs> he's looking at me like wait a minute but no think about this now and, and now Cody's he, he really feels like God told him to do this in his heart and he's sitting there and he's, he's praying about it and, and as soon as he gets confirmation in his heart from his wife that we're going to do this immediately what happens fear comes you can't do that. You know what that's going to cost? You know how many people it's going to take to do that? You know, now, when all of this is happening, Cody and Autumn have to make a decision. How are they going to respond? And you can or cannot yield to that fear. Yielding to that fear means that you allow it to come on you and start consuming you and start getting in your mind and you start thinking and you start getting worried and you, now you're stressed. Now you're in depression. Now you're all of this thing and the enemy's just laughing. <laughs> he's just smiling all the way because now he's got you. He's got you right where he wants you. Amen. I mean, we just read right there in 2 Timothy it says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear. So we know that if God didn't give us fear, just want to make sure you understand this, it had to come from somewhere, and it comes from the devil. Amen? It it comes straight from Satan himself. Mark 9, 23 tells us that Jesus Jesus said this, says, if thou can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Well, what's faith? Believing. Faith is believing. Believing the Word of God, so fully persuaded, fully convinced yeah. 
that it's true, that it will manifest in your life. That's faith in His Word. That means that where He says that you will overcome, you will overcome. That means where it says that you will be victors, you will be victors. Where it says that He will provide, He will protect, He will lead, He will guide, He will teach you, He will do all those things. You have to believe. All things are possible for those who believe. And those who believe are the ones that are in faith. And listen, when faith comes on the scene, something magic happens. Fear disappears. See, when you've got to respond when you're in a situation in life, and we're all going to face them, sometimes you'll face fear ten times a day. Right? But when faith comes, you, when you choose to respond, are you going to choose to respond and yield to the fear? Are you going to choose to respond and stay in faith? See, that's your decision. Which way are you going to go? Which way, are you going to allow fear to beat you up, tear you apart, drive you into the ground? Come on, are you going to allow that to consume you and drive you into Lord knows what? Or are you going to stand firm in the faith? In your God who created you with a purpose, He's telling you what He wants you to do. He's leading you. He's guiding you. Are you going to stand firm in that, in that truth, in the fact that He's going to protect you, He's going to provide for you? Come on, you've got to make a choice. You've got to make a choice. Are you going to stand in fear? Are you going to yield to that fear? Or are you going to resist it? Because when you resist it, you're standing in faith. Oh, it's, this is very, very important. Because let me tell you something. I have never had more phone calls, not from people in here, but I'm talking about just people. When they know you're a pastor, you just pull up at the gas station and people will just start talking. And when they, they, know, when they, know, when they find out you're a pastor, they just start oozing out all of their troubles and their, their, what, the things that they're dealing with. And it's just fear fed, fear, fear, fear. People are afraid of their lives. They're afraid for, we're in a pandemic. We're, we're, we're dealing with all of this. Look at the economy. What, I, I gotta, what am I going to do? You're going to do what God tells you to do because when God says something, it happens. How do I know that? By my faith in the Word of God. It's true. It's unchanging. It never changes. It's the one truth that we know will be the same until Jesus comes to take us back. You have to decide which way are you going to go. And this is a, listen, this is a very important subject. Talking about fear. As a matter of fact, there's 365 times in the Bible where we're told to fear not or not to fear. And it's usually, it's, it's usually the angels or even Jesus, even Jesus. And they always start out with fear. In other words, they always start out with fear not. Why do they do that? It's priority. Because it's priority. Because let me tell you something. Watch this now. Watch this. Because it, there's a reason it's first. And it's a reason that they want you to understand that it's priority, right? I mean, think about it. it makes me think, go with me to Mark, chapter 5. It makes me think of Jairus. J- J- I think that's how you said that, Jairus. Mark, chapter 5. And this is when uh, uh, his daughter was dying. She was, she was ill and she was, she was dying. So in this situation... What did Jairus do? He wanted to. He went to. Uh, uh, he went to the man of God. He went to Jesus, and he went to find Jesus. Now, right here, it's very interesting. Jesus, Jesus got a lot going on right here in this. He's matter of fact, he just crossed the Sea of Galilee, and he went through the crazy storm that almost sunk the ship. And, 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 and so he's dealt with that. Now he's landed 
right? And he's on the shore, and now there's thousands of people there. And then looking in verse 21, it says, And when Jesus passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh in the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue. Jairus was his name. And when he saw him, he fell at Jesus' feet. Right? It's so important. He, he went to the man of God like that, and, and, and he fell at his He submitted himself to God, is what he was doing. And he besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. I pray you will come, lay hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and many people followed him and thronged him. Now, think about Jairus is standing there. Your daughter is dying. Your little daughter is dying. No parent wants to think about that. Now, when, when you're sitting there looking at this situation, the circumstances are driving some pretty fearful thoughts, right? Come on, you're getting consumed by... A lot in front of you could, should make you afraid or could make you afraid. But now, Jairus, had, he had to make a choice right here. Which way am I going to yield? Which way, which way am I going to... The circumstances are looking fearful. They're driving me into a... Could very easy, I don't know how I would respond in that situation. I would like to know that I would have faith enough not to fall into that. But that's pretty powerful right there when your child is sick, right? And he, so he goes to Jesus. Now look what happens here. Now we know through this story, this is right then when all, Jesus says, all right, I'm going with you. All right, here we go and we start walking. Now right here, I'm going to paraphrase this for the sake of time. This is when the woman with the issue of blood comes in the scene. And the story comes in and she's, she's believing for her healing. And she's, she's, she's done everything in the natural to take care of it. Didn't work. Now she's believing for her healing. And she presses through the crowds. They're all around him, thronging him, hitting him, bumping into him. And she touches his clothes. The power of God comes out of him. And Jesus says, who touched my clothes? Right? And remember this. This is important because this this ties back in. He goes, the the disciples are like, what are you kidding me? There's thousands of people all over you bumping into you. How are we supposed to know? But Jesus was talking about when the power left him. He knew that faith had activated that power and wanted to know who it was. So she comes up. She tells the story. She says, what happened? She said, says, if I could just touch the hem of your garment, blah, 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 blah. Jesus says, your faith has made you whole. Right now, all of this is going on, and Jay Iris is sitting over there on the back, going, "Come on, you know she's dying. Come on, what's happening? You know who knows how long that's taking? Would you please come on?" Right? I'm just imagining. He that's it. He could be responding that way, right? He could be. But look what Jesus said. Go on down to verse 35. Jesus says, says, says right here, while he yet spoke, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house which said, your daughter is dead. Don't trouble the master any further. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, be not afraid, only believe. Be not afraid. This is Jesus talking to Jairus right now. Now, Jairus is looking at all these situations, all these circumstances, and he could be afraid, probably is afraid. And he's got to make a choice of how he's going to decide which way he's going to go. Are you going to yield to the fear and give up the battle? Or are you going to yield to faith, which is what Jesus is saying? Only believe. That is faith. Believe. Faith is believing. 
Why did Jesus ask him this? Why, why, was, why, why did he say that? Listen, this is very important. It's because Jesus knew that the decision that Jairus made, whichever way he went, would determine whether or not his child was raised from the dead. You understand? Because he knew that if if Jairus would have fallen into the fear of the circumstances going on around them and that faced him, that were all in front of him, if he had fallen into that, come on, instead of yielding to the faith, guess what? No faith on the scene, no faith on the scene, no power of God activated, just like we just saw with the woman of the issue of blood. Amen. Whoo! Jesus knew. He knew. He knew that He had to make the right call. You have to remember something. God gave us all free will to choose. You can choose Him. You can choose the devil. You can choose, you can choose to live as you want, or you can choose to submit your life to Him and live as God is leading you and calling you to do. It's your choice. Now, it breaks God's heart when you turn your back on Him. Right? But He's not going to make you come after Him. Right? He gave us free will to choose. Just like you can choose to yield to the devil and you can choose to yield to fear or you can choose to yield to faith and choose to yield to God. Amen. Glory to God. Let me tell you, this, this is important, guys. It's real. You've got to think about it like this. When you, if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you have the greater one living on the inside of you. This is important. Austin did a great job teaching on this on Wednesday night a few months back. It was, but you've got to remember something. The devil's not all-powerful. The devil's not a creator. But what he can he do? He can deceive, to divide, to destroy. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So he, he can deceive. Now, why would he bring fear? to? Because he needs to deceive you into putting your trust in the fear instead of the faith. Right? And you've got to remember something. Since he's not all-powerful, he can't just take you out because he don't like you. Now, he can try, and he tries to each and every one of us, but you have to respond. And when you respond, it determines whether you open the door and let him in or not. Amen? Because he has to have your cooperation, right? Because when you yield to the fear instead of the faith, Guess what? You just yield to the devil. Now you've given him place on the scene. You've given him place in your situation. You've given him place in your life somewhere he doesn't need to be. All of that by yielding to the fear. Glory to God. I mean, this is why God wants you to wants us teaching on this because our world is consumed with fear right now. And you need to understand that what's happening around you right now is not coming from God. It comes straight from the pit, the pit of hell and you are to respond from faith by resisting that fear. Now we're going to get to how you resist the fear. Don't worry, I know some of you guys are getting ahead of me. Like, How do you do it? How do you do it? We're going to talk about it, right? We'll get there, I promise. Bear with me. But you've got to remember something. Fear is everywhere around us. right? It's everywhere in this world because the ruler of this world's name is Satan. For this time, it's Satan. And he's using that fear to destroy each person, to destroy anybody that will yield to that fear and give him place. He's doing all that he can to destroy, to divide, to kill. To, that's, that's him. That's him. And he's trying to do to each and every one of us through bringing fear on each and every one of us to get us to a place of trusting the fear and doubting God. Trusting the fear and doubting God. Woo! 
You know, that's the only way he can defeat you. The only way. You know, people make fun of, uh, of people, or used to, I don't know if they do as much, probably so. But they make fun of some people for their confessions. Right? Don't ever make fun of somebody for their confessions. Right? Proverbs tells us that the uh, life and death are in the power of the tongue. Your confessions are important. We'll talk about that here in just a minute. Well, Luke 21, 26 tells us that in the last days, people's hearts will fail them because of fear. Because of fear. Right? And I'm going to tell you something. In today's world, when fear is getting dumped down our throats by the bucket full, everywhere you look, you have got to make an intentional decision to choose to resist the fear. Turn that television off. Get off that internet. Get off and take the... I know you're not going to take the social media sites off your phone, but at least don't get on them so much, right? Stop breeding and feeding on that fear because you're yielding to the enemy. And if you're yielding to the fear, you're not yielding to faith. And that means God's not on the scene and He cannot work in your life. Come on, glory to God. Mm. You got to learn. And remember this. It's a choice. God gave us free will to choose. It's a choice. Which way are you going to go? Which way are you going to go? Which way do you go? You know, that's why, look with me at 1 Peter. It's a choice. 1 Peter. 1 Peter, verse uh, 5, chapter 5. This is interesting. Start in verse 6. It says, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. Cast all your cares upon Him, for He cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion walking around seeking whom he may devour. Guys, that's why I said seeking whom he may devour. Because he can't devour everybody. Because everybody's not going to yield to the fear. Everybody's not going to give in on the, when the battle rises up. See, too, many, too often when the battle comes, and the battle comes in a lot of ways, it can be a, an unexplained doctor bill, or it can be an unexplained doctor's report. Listen, just because that doctor's report says that you're dying, the battle's not over. The battle is just starting. Don't you take that doctor's report. You, you thank the doctor. Thank you for doing your part. Is there anything in the natural I need to do to go from here on out? And the doctor says, no, well, I'll let you know. I'll say, okay, well, you've done your part. Now I'm doing my part. We're going to fight this thing out. We're going to stand in faith. Glory to God. I'm not going to take ownership of that because that's when you make it yours. Right? And you take ownership, just like Scripture says, take no thought saying. See, when those thoughts come, you can't control them from coming. They're going to come, but you give them life, you speak them into existence with your mouth. When those thoughts come, you don't begin to speak on them and talk about them, talk about bad thoughts. No, you immediately rebuke that. You You don't let them stay up there. Amen. Who can he destroy? He can destroy those that yield to fear and those that yield to, that, that continue to, to run and those that cower and, and, and tuck their head in the sand and just ball up. Oh, it's just over. No, the fight's on. When, he, when that fear rises up, do not yield to it because the ones that he can't, he can't destroy, 
is the ones that verse 9 tells us. It says that he cannot destroy those that resist steadfast in the faith. Listen, that's who he can't destroy. Those who refuse to fear, those that choose to believe and stand steadfast in the faith. That means you're not moving. You believe God. You trust Him in Him, what He said in His Word. You trust Him so much that you are immovable. Glory to God. Because God's got a plan for you. And that plan, He wants you to succeed. He wants you to accomplish it. Listen, He didn't create you to start something and then die in the middle of it. Right? Now I know people, people die on this earth because this is a broken world. Right? But His intention was He wants you to succeed. Amen? And He wants you to stand firm in His faith, in faith in Him. Lord, God. And I'm going to tell you something. Learning to live a life by faith, it, you get to a place of an unbelievable peace in your life. See, a lot of times people have mistaught faith and, and, you can, and, and it's all about money and this, that, and another. And, and, and yes, God wants you blessed. And if you submit to Him and you connect with His systems, glory to God, there are spiritual laws that go into effect. And just like the Word says, that that you sow, you will reap. So if you sow financially, guess what? Whether you like it or not, you're going to reap financially in some way. Right? Those are spiritual laws that are, that, that are set in place. But you, you, when you learn to live that way by faith, just completely trust in Him, it doesn't mean you have the biggest house, the most cars, and, and maybe you do. I don't know. Everybody's gifted differently. But it means that you have the, this unbelievable peace, this unbelievable joy in your life. Even when fear rises against you. you ever, there used to be a lady that when I got saved, I was learning all this. And the lady in my church, and, and I mean, she just went through it. She, her husband died. She lost her house. And she was, dry, she was staying in her car for a little while and just this, that, and the other. And, you know, people would help her here and there. And she, did, she had never worked, so she didn't have any skills to get a job, blah, blah, blah. Long story. And, 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 and I remember that, that, that every time I saw her in church, she had the biggest smile on her face. And whenever somebody would ask her, and I knew, because I knew some of what she was dealing with. And I remember that, that somebody asked her one day, uh, how are you doing? And she says, I'm blessed and highly favored and just smiling from ear to ear. But wait a minute, circumstances look like this. Circumstances are breeding fear in this situation. But she had chosen which way she was going to respond. Am I going to respond to that fear or I'm going to stand in faith? And it wasn't six months later and she came completely out of that whole situation, right? Amen. But the point is, is when you get there to a place of trusting God and, and learn to live that way. Because listen, fear is going to come with everything that you try to do. Everything that you take a step to do, there's going to be fear. How are we going to pay for it? Who's going to do it? How many people are we going to do? How are we going to do this? What about that? What about this? Listen, and I'm not saying you don't have to, you don't have to think those things through. But what you cannot do is allow that fear to get on you and start tearing you apart, start driving you in the ground, start driving you into a state of depression. Come on, depression is one of fear's little brothers that likes to get latched on to you too. Right? And it's trying to, to put you in a place that's separate from God. Amen. Glory to God. All right. But you got to, that, I can't get off of that. You know, Hebrews 4 3 tells us that those who believe enter his rest. Those who believe enter his, or believe in his faith, right? Absolutely. Glory to God. Let me, let me, 
Let me show you. Talking about that rest. Go with me back to Mark. This time let's go to chapter 4. And let's look at, uh, at, look at when Jesus and the disciples crossed over the Sea of Galilee there. Here it is, verse 35. And it's, uh, gosh, there's so much in this. I'm, I'll, I'll get right through this. All right. But let's look at this. Now, all of this is happening right about the same time, right? We just read the Jairus' story. So now we're, we're reading the stories when the disciples go over. So it says, verse 35, it says, In the same day when, even, when the evening had come, He said unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. All right, I've got to stop right there. And this is kind of a little rabbit trouble. This is very important. Jesus said, Let us pass over to the other side. Why is that significant? I remember Brother Hagen, when he traveled, he, you know, he, he only traveled and he only went where God told him to go, to preach. And sometimes it was overseas, sometimes it was in the nations, sometimes it was in the cities, it didn't matter. And, every, and he would travel with a group, you know, usually four or five people went with him to, 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 to help with all of the things they had to do. And, and when they would get on the plane or the bus or whatever they went, however they were being transported, he'd sit down and as they got ready to go, he'd say, all right, let's go to the other side. Now, I thought about that. And a lot of, because that was just something we heard a lot at Raymond. You know, Brother Hagin would always say, let's go to the other side. And Jeannie Orson, she was a teacher there, and we were talking about it one day, and she said, why do you think he said that? I said, I don't know. She said he was making his declaration of faith right there. I said, really? Never thought about it that way. She said, yeah. Because she said, how many of you know that when God says something, it comes to pass? And Jesus, Jesus was speaking right there, and he says, let's go to the other side. He didn't say, let's go halfway and crash and sink. Right? No, he said, we're going to the other side. That means we're going to the other side. When Brother Hagin was making that declaration in that plane or in that bus or whatever, that meant there wasn't going to be any problems. He was making a declaration of faith. God said for me to go there. We are going there. We are coming to the other side. And he stood fast and firm in that. Glory to God. See, you've got to learn to do that in our own lives. What's God telling you to do? Are you afraid you can't do it? Or are you taking a step of faith? to walk out what He's telling you to do. Think about it. Think about it. Glory, I'm not even going. All right, here we go. All right, verse 36. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took Him even as He was in the ship. And there were also some other little ships. Verse 37. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship until it was now full. All right? So all the disciples, Jesus, are all on the boat. Now, I'm assuming this is a big boat. I have no idea. I mean... Their boats were not as big as ours. But this is a powerful storm. Now, it's at night, too. Okay? So it's night, and they hit a storm. And it's powerful enough that the waves are crashing against it to the point where it's full of water. It's about to go down. Now, the disciples are looking at this. And they're looking at the circumstances that are around them right now. How many of you know they're probably afraid? Right? They're afraid. Now they've got to decide, what are they going to do? They, see, when that fear rises, you've got to decide, what are they going to do? And it's not a little storm. It's a big one. The, sh- the ship is going... But look where Jesus was. And this is so interesting. <laughs> Keep going. Verse 38 says, And he was in the hinder part of the ship, which is the back of the ship, asleep on a pillow. The boat's about to sink. 
It's full of water. Can you imagine what the, I can only imagine. I mean, I would be a little nervous. I know we went on that deep sea fishing trip and we came back and we hit some pretty big waves. And I'm going to tell you, there were times where you was like, wait a minute here, you know. Right? That fear starts getting working on you. So you know the disciples were like, ah, what's that? oh my gosh, he's asleep. Oh my goodness, what is he doing? Right? But he was showing us something. He was showing them something. And I think Peter was the only one that was paying attention because if you go to Acts 12, 7, Peter's in prison and he's about to get his head cut off or he's about to get killed, whatever they're going to do to kill him. I don't know. But he's, he's in prison. He's locked up. And just hours before he's to be executed, the angel shows up. And the angel shows up and then it says that there was a light that shone in, right? And the angel comes in and Peter's still snoozing. I mean, he's sleeping. It's kind of like Kaylee when she sleeps in the morning and take a tornado to wake her up, you know? Yeah. I mean, she's snoozing. Well, Peter was snoozing. The angel's like, hey. And it goes on and it says that the angel had to, the angel smote him. That doesn't mean that he went, hello. No, I mean, he, he, come on, get up, get up, come on, boy, we got to go. I mean, Peter was crashed. He was chilling. How in the world could you chill? Then just a couple of hours, they're about to kill you. How, I mean, how could he be just that comfortable in that place of peace? Right? He was following Jesus' example right there. He was in that place of peace because of his faith. He was choosing not to yield to the fear that surrounded him, glory to God, but rather he yielded to the faith. His faith, his trust in God. Glory to God. Woo, man. Mm-hmm. Listen, Peter was in that place of rest. Hebrews 4.3 says, that, says that, that faith is our place of rest. The Passion, I love it in the Passion. It says, for those of us who believe... Faith activates the promise and we experience the realm of confident rest. Let me tell you something. That's where God wants all of us to be. You know, we can't stop the problems and the battles in the world coming. They're going to come. But you can control how you will respond. Now let me read, finish this really, really quick. It goes, because this is important. Alright, he's, he's, he's Jesus is asleep on the, on the pillow and it says... It says the, the disciples finally lose it. And they say, Master, don't you care that we are about to perish? Don't you care that we are about to perish? Isn't it crazy? That's how the, the, the devil can start working on you and start making you start thinking things that are contrary to God's Word or contrary to your faith, yeah. right? Because we just read right there in First Peter, it says, Cast your cares on Him, for He cares for you, yeah. right? But the, anyway, they... That, that, he can work on you. He can deceive you. He can deceive good people. He's, he's deceived many. But it goes on and it says, He says, Jesus woke up, He arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. Three words. And the wind ceased. And then there was a great calm. Three words. You know what that tells me? That tells me that when God comes on the scene, it ain't going to take long that He's going to take care of it. Three words. Three words and it's done. Now this is what I want you to see. And he said unto them, he said, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Now why is he asking the disciples that? I mean, just, just think about it. He's, he's showing them something. You know, a lot, there's a lot of people that teach this a lot of different ways. And you, know, you just got to be really practical, really simple, and just look at the story. What's it telling you? What's the context of what's happening? You know, because a lot of people actually believe 
that God used the story, the storm to teach them something. But see, God couldn't be in that storm. You know how I know that? Because what did Jesus do when He walked the earth? He strived and He lived to do the works of the Father, right? Well, if God was in the storm, how could Jesus rebuke it? Good thought. Good point. But anyway, so why is He asking them, why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? Well, how is it that you have no faith? He was showing them something. Because listen, the disciples had been with Him a while. They'd been with Him over a year. They'd been with Him long enough to know that better. You don't fall into the fear. Just stay in faith. That's what Jesus was telling them right there. Because let me tell you something. If you're panicking and you're going crazy and you're, you're fighting and struggling, ah, I'm, this is over. I'm falling to pieces. Oh my gosh. Then you're being faithless. But I don't know about you, but I'm coming over. I'm going to the other side and I'm going to be victorious because I know that God created me to do something. I'm going to do it and I'm not going to do it in my own strength. I'm going to do it in the strength of greater one living on the inside of me and I'm going to do it by not yielding to the things of this world, not yielding to the fear that comes straight from the devil himself, but yielding and standing firm in the faith. Listen, that's why the Scripture tells us that the just live by faith, not by sight. See, if you're living by sight, you're, you're focused only on the circumstances around you. See, that's going to do what? That's going to drive your fear. It's going to feed your fear, right? And let me tell you something. If you're going to win your battles, you've got you to learn to resist fear because fear is real. I'm not denying fear is there. It's real. You're going to deal with fear. And let me tell you, sometimes fear is going to be so powerful, you're going to fear this. You're going you're gonna to deal with actual terror, Right? And then, but you've got to respond. How are you going to respond? And you've got to determine that when fear comes, it doesn't mean that you're defeated. Don't just accept it. Don't just mean, no, that's the time to put on the armor of God. Use the shield of faith and use, most importantly, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Open your mouth. This is how you resist the devil. You need to stand up, put that armor on. When the battle comes, don't give up and cower down. Stand strong. Put it on. Resist fear. Resist the devil because the battle's going starting and you're going to finish it. Amen. It's why we're called in 1 Timothy 6.12 to fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. What does it mean to fight the good fight of faith? Now, this is how you resist the devil. Fighting the good fight of faith is just a matter of keeping a good confession. What's coming out of your mouth? You know, eight Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Listen, you can, you can bring stuff on you. You know how you bring stuff on you through speaking it into existence? You speak it, and you speak it enough, now you believe it. Well, now if you believe it, now you've got faith in it, and your own faith is bringing it to you. Very that's important, guys. That's very important. You, you know, people, isn't that crazy how the enemy can cause, he can cause you to use your own faith to bring stuff on you. He's a master deceiver. You've got to be aware. You've got to know how you fight the good fight of faith by the words that you speak, by using the sword of the Spirit, which is speaking the Word of God. That means when circumstances come against you, you don't speak the circumstances, Right? You know, Megan, you don't get up every day and say, well, gosh, I don't have this many employees. 
Now you get up every day and say, God, I'm calling that next whatever position in. I'm calling that person in. It's going to be the right person. It's going to come in the right time. It's going to be the best person. And I call that person in today in Jesus' name. And that's your confession. Because see, if you get up every day and you start talking the situation, the circumstances around you, now you've yielded to that fear. Guess what? Now, fear's on the scene. Fear's on the scene. No faith. No faith on the scene. No access to the power of God. Amen. Very important. Very important. See, too often we allow the circumstances around us to put words in our mouths that are contrary to God's Word. And that's dangerous because God's called us to live differently, right? We're to be in the world, not of the world, right? And you do that by speaking in line with His Word. And this is a, this is a very important nugget, guys. When you, when you confess in line with God's Word instead of the circumstances around you, that's actually taking steps of faith. And see, staying in faith doesn't mean you just accept what you see around you. Staying in faith means that you look to God's Word to see what He sees. Because see, that's what He sees. He sees the victor. He's, he sees that He set in motion a plan when you were born. And He sees that plan accomplished. And He sees you accomplishing it, right? Now, I'm sure His heart gets broken many times because a lot of people don't stay close to Him and don't fulfill that plan. But that's what He sees. And what you do is you don't look at the circumstances and just accept them. No, you go back to the Word of God. What does the Word of God say? And then you choose to speak and live by that. That's it. That is it, guys. That is very much it. Glory to God. Amen. You listen, if you're going to win the battles, you're going to win the battles, you've got to learn to resist fear. You know, it's interesting. In Job, we're talking about how Satan perverted, perverted, perverted own faith to cause us to bring stuff onto us. That's really sad. A lot of people don't realize that, but you saw this in Job. It, 325, it said, For the thing which I greatly feared has come upon me. The Young's literal translation says, For fear I feared, it meets me. Well, how did it meet him? The only way it met him was because he believed into it. And he, he latched onto it. We know that Job's story, that's a sickness. And, and, and it met him because he believed for it. How many of you know when the doctor gives you a report and you choose to believe the report? to the point where it's over and you're done in this battle, all right? And, and when you believe it, now it's become yours and you begin to walk around and you begin to talk, well, the doctor said I've got COVID. I guess I'm dying. You know, or, or the doctor said i got heart disease. This has been in my family for three generations. You know, I'll be lucky to live past 60, to, 60 years old. And you've just taken ownership of it. And guess what you're doing? When you, the more you speak that, the more you talk about it, the more you tell everybody about it, Look what I got. Look, what, look what's mine, my little pet, my little buddy. Right now you, you've made it yours. And the more you talk about it, your own faith will bring it into existence just like it did for Job. Right there. Very important. Very important. Glory to God. Listen, he's deceived many of us and he's trying to deceive many of us right now through fear and in the chaos and the craziness of the last days that we're in. But that should, listen, these days should not make us fearful because just because the bad things are happening and fear is rising does not change the truth of the fact that God created you to do something. And because He created you to do something, He said you will do it 
if you choose to submit to Him and follow Him, and He says that you are coming over to the other side. He says you're not going halfway and crashing and dying. You're going all the way through. If you choose to stick by Him in faith and not yield to the fear. Glory to God.